0: There's not a lot of behind-the-scenes info on this one, other than what I've already told you about. Hey, let's bring in a never-before-seen family member, which was breaking a major rule and um kind of indicative of the fact that they were just running out of ideas. <clears throat> Everyone was worried that people were like, oh my gosh, they'll recognize her. She was on Deep Space Nine about uh ten months prior maybe it's nine months there was a ds9 episode in in february called dax where she appeared as uh mrs tandro you know the the dax lover the whole thing yeah and then she shows up here she's also an enterprise but that's unrelated Uh, she's actually a good actress miss uh finula flanagan i'm actually not sure how to pronounce her first name but miss flanagan she's a good actress I, i like her but that's it. That's like everyone was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Nah, it'll be fine. She had makeup on the other episode. It'll be cool. So I decided to look into it a little bit more, and I noticed something that just kind of struck me as odd. This script took 13 days to hammer out. Now, you remember what I was talking about earlier, about how they were absolutely mashing scripts this season? And, well, that's high even for an average setup to go from first draft to final draft. It's usually an average of Four days. Occasionally, it'll go up to 10. I could probably sit and do even more research, but that would take a lot of time, and frankly, I don't care that much. But the point being, this was a pretty long script, so it, it kind of shows that they were really struggling to actually make it work, or they were busy with other things. Either way, we get this episode. <sighs> sure. Mm-hmm. So, I, I got to share something, which is just a little embarrassing. Apparently Data weighs, oh god, I forget the exact number. She gives how many kilos he weighs. And I was like, I wonder what that is in pounds. Data weighs less than I do. Yeah. (laughs) Not much less. But still. That, that, that that doesn't help the old self-esteem, I'll tell you what. He weighs 220 pounds, by the way. Just to go ahead and get the numbers out there. Anywho, so there's this planet cooling, blah blah blah. By the way, I'm your mother, Data. <laughs> and so we get this whole shtick. Juliana This is interesting. So first of all, uh she finds out that Sung died. You notice Data doesn't mention Lore murdered him, by the way. Just just an interesting little side note there. I find that interesting and it's I, I know Sung was dying anyways, but Lore definitively murdered Sung before his time, deliberately and knowingly, so It's interesting, because she does mention Lore several times. And he never seems to bring up, by the way, my brother tried to wipe out all life in the galaxy earlier. Like, he took over some rogue Borg, and just... You'd think some of it would come up. No, no. Anyways, so she finds out... She's actually pretty devastated. Can I just give... I I, want to say this really quick. This episode is kind of bland, but the actress, the guest star, really helps elevate it. She and Data have a good one act. She is very emotive, very subtle in the way she presents herself. And she's clearly reacting to a lot of things very strongly. He is data. He knows nuance. He knows how to present things. He even does little facial tics and body language bits, which show how far he's come. But there's still a clear distinction between the two, and that's what helps the episode. Anyways, so she wanted a life. She wanted to get the hell out of there, so she left. She just bailed. On and actually, I don't really blame her, to be completely honest. He claims he really loved her. I, I, I'm not qualified to talk about that. Maybe he did. It's actually a very common thing in real life where people, the people they love the most, they basically take the most for granted. You are the closest one to me, therefore I don't have to try with you. is a very common mentality. I've seen that myself personally many times. So... You know, that could lead to issues, especially over a long-term series where you're living in some swamp planet away from civilization. Where do you even get the resources to... Anyway, whatever, whatever. So then Data gets very suspicious of her. (laughs) Heh, that amused me. He... We start to hear... This is part of where the episode works, because we get a little bit of Data's backstory, which is weird, but we get pieces of the backstory we never got. We kind of fill in the holes a little bit. This is as good a time as any to talk about the fact that this is massively inconsistent. And no matter how you look at it, it doesn't work. No, I'm sorry. The problem is they had this original idea behind how Data came on the show. He was found, and they decided to press-gang him into Starfleet. There you go. That's pretty much Data's backstory as it was originally designed. They then came up with the soon thing a little bit after that, then the lore thing connected to the crystalline entity thing, and then the colony thing, and they just kind of kept tacking on and tacking onto it. But the problem was the original construction was so bare bones and doesn't actually make sense when you really sit and think about the other pieces they kept tacking onto it. This is one of the problems with backloaded storytelling. At certain points, you're kind of retconning, right? Anyways. I've already talked about how much that doesn't make sense. I just want to reiterate it because it's, br- it's brought up in this episode. But she starts talking about stuff before that. So that's just, that's just blank paper at that point. So she talks about how she wanted a daughter, <laughs> which is amusing because Lore was originally going to be a female and then that went to hell. Um... And she wanted to, uh, she, she was really upset because, of course, Data and Lore were both made in Soong's own image. That makes a lot of sense. The man is a raging egoist. It's pr- pretty much where Lore gets it from. The difference is Lore actually has more insecurity, so he overcompensates with ego, whereas Soong is kind of casually egotistical. He just sort of naturally takes it as writ that he is smarter and better than everyone else, so, I mean, duh, right? There's also this interesting little bit where he's like, Who's this? Oh, this is Counselor Deanna Troy. Oh, well, it's good to know your sexuality program's working. Well, no, no, I'm not. I guess that explains why Troy decided not to go with Thomas. I'm sorry, that, that's mean. <laughs> t- wh- wh- why? Which one of them insisted he has a sexuality program? I'm just wondering. Anyways, all right, whatever. Moving on, moving on. So we find out that he was incredibly rude and nude originally. That actually makes sense. No, No, if you think about it from a fundamental perspective, there's no need for clothing on someone who doesn't need clothing. So they had to build a modesty program for him to want to cover up. And... If he, there's no need for social niceties, there's something that don't really compute into static equations. It's only when you consider more nuanced complications that you actually start to think of the reasons behind doing things like please and thank you. It's it's just some interesting stuff, and it really shows how Data was originally basically a robot, not an android. And so we're just learning little bits and details of how he was further developed. I think it's kind of cool how they turned him on, found out he was faulty, and kept going, basically. The idea here, at least hypothetically, this is just spitballing at this point, would be all of the hardware had to be in place and be extremely modular so they could upgrade and change at will. This would make sense, especially given what happened to Lore. I know they're supposed to be physically identical, whatever. But then they would just shut them down, install a new chip, and, oh, okay, now, it, you know, portal, if you want a weird example of this, you know. Anywho, I like how Jordy's just really like, oh, yes, tell me more, please. It's it's just cute little stuff. Um, There's a really weird scene that feels out of place completely where the husband's like, you should check it. It was only made by a machine. Where the hell does that come from? Why is that line even in the episode? It's resolved within seconds where it comes through and it's extremely accurate thanks to Data, and he's immediately over his anti-Android bias. Where the hell did that come from? I, I have a feeling, remember, long script time, I have a feeling it's a aborted arc, basically, that originally he was going to be anti-android, which was going to figure into the should we tell her the truth figuring at the end. Anywho, so then there's a really good series of scenes. It's actually two scenes, one after the other, where he starts talking about the past, and he brings up Lol. And he mentions how Lol died, how she was extremely unstable. And she freaks out a bit over this. Now, this then makes sense because as we find out, she has personal experience, well, memories of someone who had personal experience with bringing life into the universe without carefully considering the ramifications of doing so. According to her, they did this four times before they hit data. The three prototypes, one of which is B4, thanks, thanks, Nemesis, and of course, Lore. And all of those turned out bad in one way or another. And Sung is just, no, I've got to keep going, I've got to keep going. And of course he is. He's so close. But to her, all she can think of is the fact that she had to disable so many of her children. There's an interesting bit, by the way. This is telling, and this is probably the one time the episode gets really subtle. They're talking down on the planet, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm trying to understand why you did it. Why you abandoned me. Why you left me there. Now, he doesn't say it like I'm saying it, because I have emotions, and I can be upset about that kind of thing. He says it pretty straightforwardly, because she did. She admitted it, and she is clearly guilt-ridden over this, just absolutely emotionally distraught over it. Okay, yeah, that'll make sense. He asks her, would you have left me behind if I was your biological child? And she says, no. He says, it's because you value biological life more than mechanical. And then she insists, firmly no it's because i didn't want to dismantle one of my children again i didn't want you to be another lore did you catch it this is the arrogance of both of the Sungs, her and him both because and this was brought up in brothers and i quote uh, paraphrased you fixed me it was within your power why didn't you just fix me No, instead, he moved immediately on to work on data. Rather than try to correct the problem, they just abandoned it entirely. Now, in case you're missing it, she was guilty of this, too. The reason she wouldn't leave behind a biological child is she can't just dismantle a biological child if it turns out bad. And if a biological child does turn out bad, she can correct and change through lessons and good parenting could encourage that child to then be good. You can't do that with an android. Except you can. They have the ability to reprogram, redesign, rebuild. But they didn't. They didn't try to fix B4. They didn't try to fix lore. And she didn't want to try to fix data. She just accepted that he might have been bad, and she walked away from it. That well that's telling isn't it and that is interesting to analyze because it kinda shows how despite their obvious caring about their offspring they were still immensely biased on the subject because they weren't thinking of it as parents would I'm sorry any sane parent does not think "Oh, my child's a brat well time to kill it no God no No, a a bad parent will, will be like, I'm a horrible parent and I deserve to die. But a good parent will actually look at that child and be like, okay, let's fix this. Let's take time and effort, lesson, care, love, discipline, to slowly try and encourage that child to be a better person. It's sort of an automatic thing, if you will. But they didn't try to be parents to their androids, despite their love and care. They didn't actually approach it from a guidance perspective. Now, she never says this, but I like to think that this is at least part of why she feels so damned guilty, even now. Even though she didn't actually do it. (laughs) Uh, Quick aside, though, before I move on to the next point. At the very least, her leaving him behind meant she saved the Federation like five or six times, so it was a good choice. dominoes am I right so yeah 32 minutes in surprise she's an android Yay! before I move on though, I want to mention something when they were looking at the jump she was like oh god I'll never make it my first thought was no you should jump you're in a death situation you need to get out or you will die if you jump down there and break both your legs we got pretty good medical staff it will hurt like hell and it'll suck but in a death situation I would have jumped too. and I have a bad leg that was run over by a car but yeah, no, I, I would have jumped in a, like, right, let's go. Get, get the things up. Okay, beam us up. Okay, can I go to sickbay like right now, please? <laughs> I'm still in shock. So I'm not feeling anything yet. Trust me, you're in shock for a few minutes. It's a really, really weird feeling. Anyways. <clears throat> so, boop. She, she's an android. Now, the episode hints at this several times. It it doesn't actually calls attention to it. And Data actually says what he was calling attention to. The way she played, the way she blinked, the way she thought and processed. Okay. And I do kind of like the fact that Data did actually have suspicions and wanted to look into it. But her setup was so complex that they couldn't tell anything was wrong with her. Even after scanning her. That's impressive. Look at Data for a second. Noon went from data to completely fools the modern technology of the Enterprise. The Galaxy-class ship wasn't even invented yet. Or, that's not true. Wasn't even built yet by the time she was built. And yet she still fools the sensors on this thing. That is damned impressive. This, uh, This leads to the thing where they actually have a throwaway line. They've actually mentioned before that data is programmed to age. They've only said this like three or four times in the whole show, but they keep tossing it in to explain why Brent Smyder looks older than he does in in season one, because he's growing, duh, right? But uh, they mention how she will age like he does, which is just a neat little thing, which also brings me up to an interesting point. I've talked before, I know this is a weird segue, I've talked before about the value and benefit of cartoon or CGI stuff versus live action. There are many benefits to it. Uh, the most obvious one is you can have a character present in the show and not give them any lines necessarily, but they're still present for continuity purposes or background information or whatever. That's a thing you can do with a cartoon or CGI. In real life, if Odo should be on the bridge or the the, the command station or whatever, then Renee Bergenois has to get up several hours early and sit in makeup for several hours to go stand in the corner and do nothing. Like, <laughs> even ignoring the obvious irritation to the actor... This also takes time and money. Whereas in a cartoon or CGI show, you just draw him in the background. Boom. Except it's probably more likely you pull in the template of him into the background. Anyways. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, so, this, th- there's something i got to talk about. They pull out a module inside of her. It's, it's, it's in, in there, and that's what has the thing. And he talks about, oh, it was amazing, and blah, 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 and I made her to be human, and she'll grow old, and she'll die. Okay? Um, we find out two big facts. First, she's programmed to shut down anytime she's informed of the truth. <laughs> I know they could probably work around that, but honestly, think about what this would be if Data decided to tell her. Mom, you're an android. M- Mom. Mom. Okay. You're an android. Mother. Slap, slap, slap. Okay, you're an Andrew... <sighs> I'm sorry. I borrowed that joke. I'll admit it. It just amused me. But here's the really important part. And I caught this when I was younger, too. Not, not when I first saw this. When I was re-watching this on the DVDs. Uh, so, he put... The, this chip has uh, interviews of him. And specifically designed to interact with Data in particular, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. He also, in the chip, talks about her leaving him. Android her leaving him. Now we could probably hand-wave that away. But the most logical explanation is that after she left, he hunted her down, shut her down, put the chip in her, and then left. I mean, honestly, that would be very Noonie and wouldn't it? So this leads to the big dilemma. What do we do? Do we tell her? This is actually a pretty good dilemma. It's a shame the episode spends basically no time on it. It spends one good scene, and I'll give it that. The scene's good. It's Crusher, Troy, Picard, Data. They're all debating their options. So the basic choice here is, do you want to have what is effectively a life eternal scenario? I know she ages and is programmed to die, but knowing that those programs exist, she could probably circumvent them especially with help from data. And even if her body still ages and dies, that means she still has plenty of time to make a new one and transfer consciousness, which she can do as well. So she could live however long she wants to, or she can die at the pre-appointed date. Now, I know what you're thinking. Nobody wants to live forever. Well, see, the thing is, in my experience, that's more of a case-by-case thing. Like, if every human being lived forever, yeah, that would suck. There's been fiction designed to explore just how much of a mess and how horrible that would actually be. However, there are certain individuals who would like to live longer, not necessarily infinite time, but there are people who would actually be happy continuing to live to be 200 or 300 or 400. They don't have that choice yet. And for once, I'm not joking. Our medical tech is getting there. But if they were given the choice, there are people who would choose that. And there are people who would choose to die at 100, or 50, or 80, or 903. You get the idea? I'm very big on choice, if it's not obvious. And I'm very, very big on informed choice. I think he should have told her. That's what I would have done. In fact, if I could be so bold, it actually kind of irritates me that he doesn't. She's still out there technically, but she's effectively written out of canon because, oh, she's human. Moving on. This is also predicated on a weird thing. Soong implies that she would only ever be happy if she knew she was human. Why? She still has all the, the, the points of her life. She is still her. She has years of life experience that are her, regardless of whatever she was uh, copied off of the original. I know I'm a weirdo, but this is something that fiction likes to do every now and again. Even Young Justice did that. Oh no, I'm not the original. Who gives a crap? You're still you. If you are sufficiently advanced to actually be a self aware, su- sentient, sapient being who has had years of experience, congratulations, you're you. Doesn't matter that you were duplicated off of an original person, you are still you. So, what's the issue? I, I'm sorry, I don't get it. <laughs> no. <sighs> Troy insists on not telling her. She doesn't give any good reason for it. She just insists on it. Crusher and Picard both insist she should. Especially since, as, Cr- as Crusher very validly points out, she could find out some point in the future regardless. And wouldn't she rather hear that from her son? Then Data brings up something that I find very interesting. He admits that he has a selfish motive here. Or at least a, uh, a self-interest. He wants to not be alone in the galaxy. He wants to have a true mother. But, of course, this would deny her the right to be human. So that is a, fa- a factor, a variable. I'm actually curious what you would have done in his place. I'm, I'm honestly quite curious. When I was watching this episode with Lore Mum, she turned to me and said, would you tell me? And I said, without hesitation, of course I would. She just laughed. <sighs> so that's kind of it. She doesn't tell her. She goes on to live her life. Hopefully, a happy life. At the end, there's this funny line, though. I hate to end on this point, but it's like the last part of the scene, or last part of the show. A child born from loving parents will always have good in their heart, and I guess that explains you, Data. What about lore? (laughs) What about before, for that matter? Ah, I'm sorry, that's mean. That's mean. I do actually like this episode, it has its flaws but it overall works mostly as an examination of data, and I think they could have spent more time on the dilemma. Not the, not the planet thing, which you'll notice I barely talked about. There's nothing to talk about there. Hey, there's some tech problem on the planet. And it's solved. Okay, cool. No, the real dilemma is what do we do about her. I wish more time had been spent on it, but that's my only serious complaint about this episode. I hope you've enjoyed my thoughts. I look forward to seeing yours. See you next time, guys.